For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We've got Francisco Lindor trades on the docket to discuss with you. DJ LeMahieu is going to decline his qualifying offer on Wednesday. What that does and does not mean and another edition of the Hate Update after Alex Cora's reintroductory press conference with the stupid goddamn Boston Red Sox. Remember to please find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review on Apple and leave us a mailbag question. We're always looking for those, and we always uh, will be prepared to read and evaluate your mailbag cues uh, and get back to you. Thomas, uh, still quiet on the Western front in terms of actual Yankees news. So, so what do we got? We, we got to just start, you know, making trades up. What, what else is there? It's the only option. Too quiet for my liking. Uh, we'll get a little bit deeper into that uh, aspect of the concern when we start talking about DJ. But, you know, at this point, let's talk Lindor trades because, you know, they're probably not going to do it, but you never know. And, uh, you know, we heard the Yankees would be getting a call from the Indians to notify them that Lindor is officially on the trade block. So we're just doing our job and preparing everybody for what might happen. And you came up with some really cool scenarios, uh, one of which I think is completely insane. Uh, but let's start talking about it, dude. What, what, what do you got here? Unload. Well, so it's a big morning for me. I published a piece this morning on potential Lindor trades, and I got got by The Athletic, 
which uh, Jim Bowden, former MLB GM, put out his potential Lindor trades team by team. He didn't go Yankee specific, but he had the Yankees on his list. His trade was uh, Miguel Yahure, uh, who we saw this year, uh, Oswaldo Peraza, who's the Yankees' number four prospect, a shortstop per MLB pipeline, and Miguel Andujar. Um, that was his package. I pitched Andujar and Anthony Volpe, who's the Yankees' number 10 prospect and was the first rounder in 2019. I also pitched Yahure Peraza and a back of the top 30 pick, Ezekiel Duran. So if you combine two of my three packages, you get what Bowden says. And a lot of people are claiming that it's sort of a reasonable ask. Um, you know, we, we've touched on this a little bit, uh, but, it, uh, you know, when you talk about blockbusters these days, you you no longer talk about, you know, monster uh, farm system depleting deals for these guys in the final year of their pre-large contract status. Mookie Betts went for, you know, I mean, the Mookie Betts trade was litigated and re-litigated. It took like 100 years to complete. Bruce Dark Greiterol was a part of it, and then suddenly he wasn't. Then he was going to the Dodgers anyway from the Twins. Uh, for Kenta Maeda for fun because they felt bad that they couldn't finish a trade and they did another trade. I still don't really know why that had to happen. Uh, but Kenta Maeda is a Cy Young finalist and greater role was, you know, a world series champion bullpen. Ace. So what do I know? Who knows? Uh, but that ended up including Jeter Downs, uh, one of the Dodgers, you know, top two or three prospects. Uh, Dodgers kept catcher Kybert Ruiz and gave Downs up. They gave away Alex Verdugo, who's a young major leaguer, uh, and they gave away, you know, a mid-20s, you know, catcher. And that's for Mookie Betts, who is a better baseball player than Francisco Lindor. Both are top 15, you know, Major League superstars, but Betts is better. Um, so in my estimation, Andujar is sort of the Verdugo in these trades. Uh, and when you think about it, Miguel Andujar's 2018 season when he was a defensive liability, but a rookie of the year, you know, front runner, top three finisher with the bat alone, pretty much. That season is better than anything Alex Verdugo had done prior to 2020 when he sort of spent 60 games emerging as one of the Red Sox best players. So Andujar's bat and the fact that he's willing to play left field and learn, uh, you know, Andujar to the Indians has sort of been a thing people are talking about and have talked about for a while because the Indians have gone seemingly five or six years without finding competent outfield bats. Like the best outfield bat they've had during this stretch of contention is Jay Bruce at the tail end of 2017. So if Andujar can play left field or at least a competent left field and hit the way we know he can, then he'd be a valuable uh, person for the Indians to have. I'd be willing to, you know, bend on my Volpe inclusion a little bit and say that, okay, maybe it is going to take a guy like Peraza, a number four prospect instead of a number 10 prospect to get this done. And if you need to add a mid, you know, mid thirties pitcher like Yahare, I would maybe, you know, go a little deeper. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply like number 20 instead of number 15. Uh, but if it takes three of those guys instead of two, I get it. But I do feel like a Lindor trade package is going to be relatively underwhelming for just Lindor himself. And that sort of, you know, and Duhar plus a shortstop prospect plus a middling pitching prospect, That that's probably it. I think I just, I'm nervous that teams, especially 
a team like the Indians is going to view Andujar like a bullshit throw-in, kind of like how the Pirates, I guess, viewed Clint Frazier a couple of years ago when the Yankees made that offer for Garrett Cole. Just because his defense is just so bad, we saw him in left field, and the reason he got sent down to the alternate site was because he was he was a liability wherever they put him. I don't know if you know, throwing him back to third is really an option because they have Jose Ramirez. I just, I'm concerned that that's going to be the main thing. I think Andujar is a fine player and I think he's a good trade chip, but you know how the Yankees have been blackballed on the trade market, especially in bigger deals involving star players. I'm 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 hesitant with any deal involving Andujar that is going to advantage the Yankees in any win now situation, especially for a guy like Lindor. And I think it would be bad PR for the Indians to acquire a guy who's 2018 season that won 2018 season. It was great. I, you know, I love, I thought Andujar's future with the team was bright after that, but he got the, the, the Yankees didn't even hesitate with Gio Urshela. He started playing good defense and that was the end of it. Andujar was never to be heard from again. Also his agent came out and said something this year that was negative towards the Yankees after he was sent down to the alternate site so the Yankees don't really have leverage here, in my opinion, with Andujar. And that's the only reason I'm a little bit, you know, I'm raising my eyebrow a little bit with this trade. And Volpe, I think, is a promising potential addition. But again, didn't exactly impress in 2019, lost his 2020 season because of the pandemic when uh, minor league baseball canceled their campaign. I think this one's a reach, but I guess you never know because we don't, we really have no idea what the Indians will be offered for this, because as we talked about a big negotiating aspect of this deal will be, Hey, we're either only getting Lindor for a year or Hey, we are paying him, you know, 175 plus million dollars during the most uncertain financial time in MLB history, I guess you could argue. So that's going to be a big talking point when the Indians finally engage with other teams in these talks. And that's the only reason that this one, I think that it, it's number three for a reason on your list, because it's probably the least likely to happen. But I, if that happens, I will, I will for sure shit my pants. <laughs> well, I might as well hop to, to number one, uh, the one that sort of broke your brain and which look, I'm just throwing out hypotheticals that that's what I yeah. do. I, I'm the guy that tries to, I'm just trying to make you think. I'm like the worst political commentator who's just like raising questions. Like, it's just a question. Answer the question. And then they answer the question. And they're like, it's stupid. You're stupid. Um, but uh, so let's like the Indians aren't going to aren't going to get what they want for Francisco Lindor on the surface. Like theoretically, if you're giving up Lindor, you know, he's the best player you've produced in a half decade or more. You want legitimate game changing pieces coming back to you. And that's not going to happen for one season of Francisco Lindor. So how do we get Clint Frazier into this deal? How do we get a Davey Garcia and a Clark Schmidt, you know, a top two or three pitching prospect into this trade and make it legitimate? How about you add Carlos Carrasco? 
who pitched against the Yankees in game two of the wild card series. He signed for the next two years uh, at 11.75 million a year. He's got a team option for 2023. So potentially three years of control on Carrasco who did courageously come back and, and fight through cancer treatments in 2019, which is amazing that he was able to reestablish himself the way that he did last year uh, in the 60 game season. Uh, you've got, so you've now got a, an ACE, with a lot of control, you've got one year of Lindor. Presumably, the Yankees, if they did trade for Lindor, would then extend him to this Mega Millions deal uh, between 200 and 250 mil uh, for seven or eight years. You'd have to say. Uh, but the bottom line is, it, you know, is this realistic? No, it's absurd. It's patently insane. But the Indians aren't going to get anywhere near what they presume to be Lindor's value. Uh, in exchange for just the man himself. They're going to be asking about names like Clint Frazier and Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia. They're not even, those people are not even close to in play unless they up the ante. So how are they able to do that? Uh, by adding, you know, if you want to get absolutely insane, by adding Jose Ramirez, but the Indians aren't giving up half of their infield to the Yankees. And the Yankees aren't taking on two infielders at a time when they have Gio Urshela, Glaber Torres, Luke Foy. I mean, they're, they're, you're not adding two star infielders at the same time. So then it becomes about the pitching. Uh, who's the biggest fish? It's Carrasco. Uh, slightly smaller fish, Zach Plesac, you know, could be a part of this deal if the Indians want one of Frazier and Schmidt, but not both. Perhaps Aaron Savale, who's been a pretty solid and interesting four starter for them, could be the pitcher who's included. Bottom line, they have to go larger than Lindor alone. And if they want to start really picking off the Yankees bounty, they're going to have to add a guy like Carrasco. So obviously we're in, we're talking about a fairy tale, you know, we're, we're telling a story here, but if the Indians want what they thought they had earned for Lindor and what they might've gotten, had they dealt Lindor before 2020 or even midway through 2019, when the Dodgers were sort of scratching at the cat door, trying to get let in, uh, you know, they're going to have to do something like this. That that's just a fact. I think this is the best. I think this is realistic. I don't think this is crazy. The Indians would be shedding some more payroll here that they don't really, do you need Carlos Carrasco? If you're the Indians, he's a nice commodity, but if you can get value for him, you might as well just do it. And the Yank, this is right in the Yankees wheelhouse. They need uh, somebody who can hold down the fort in the middle of the rotation at not a prohibitive price. Carrasco who will be making under $24 million over the next two years is right in the Yankees price range. Just exactly what we were hoping for that they could get Tanaka under contract for this off season. If they could get him under, you know, a three, four year deal between 11 and 14 million would be reasonable and not hamstring them elsewhere. Also the only, I am concerned here though, because the whole Clint Frazier argument here, it's like, if you're a team that just that traded Clint Frazier to the Yankees and then, you know, four years later you're saying, Hey, you know, we want this guy back. That's gotta, that's gotta bruise the ego of the general manager or anybody in the front office. It's like, dude, we just traded this guy. It did work out for us because Andrew Miller nearly almost brought them a world series, but then it's like, okay, great. Now I want him back and I'm going to be giving up two other assets that are, are going to hurt our short term window. So uh, I don't know. I just feel like that could be another that could be on par with the Andujar argument where it's like, oh, you're just throwing this guy in because you don't need him. And he doesn't you know, he doesn't really fit with your team. Frazier obviously does fit with this team, but it's of a different vein where it's like, oh, uh, well, that was our guy. We traded him to you and now we're getting him back and giving you better players like this doesn't make sense. But nonetheless, 
if you throw Frazier in there, they immediately upgrade their outfield hitting, which, like you said, has been a tremendous problem for them. What's their outfield been like? Luplo, uh, uh, Mike Freeman, Mike has Freeman. Been there. I mean, Yastiel Puig in 2019 was a yeah. brief solution to the whole thing. Uh, uh well, they have Josh <laughs> Naylor now, who is apparently, uh, an oh, MVP. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, the got- hitting guy. Your boy, uh, Ty- Tyler Naquin, yeah, Tyler was in right field for a while. Like, it's this just an bad. endless parade. It's an endless parade of like anonymous dudes who hit 220 at best and don't really field. And every offseason, people like every time the Indians have been contenders, people have been like, uh, so all they really have to do is add a solid outfield bat. We're not talking a superstar. We're just talking a one year, $7 million deal for a Jay Bruce ish guy. And then the whole off season goes by and they don't do it. And pundits go, they probably should have done that. And then they get to the middle part of the season and one of their bad outfielders gets hurt. And it's like, they really should have done that. Where are these people? Like ever since they lost Michael Brantley to the Astros, mm-hmm. like they were already an outfielder deficient and then they were two outfielders down and they haven't done a thing about it. So sad. I mean, Clint Frazier could be that guy. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty nuts that they can't outfielders, the deepest position in the league. You could find, you know, you could pick people up off waivers and it'll work out for you. Uh, Indians not been able to do that. Clint Frazier could be a future future guy in the corner outfield for them, which would be huge. That was their initial plan, obviously when they drafted him. Um, but I think this one's the most realistic because like we we're talking about at best, I think they're getting two top 10 prospects, maybe, you know, one top five and then the other one outside of the top five. And if they really want to beef this up, they could save themselves money and get some more prospects. Davey Garcia in that rotation, you know, behind Shane Bieber would be huge for them. And then the Yankees make out and bolster their rotation and obviously get their hands on Lindor. So I love this one the best. Yeah, it's it's something to keep your eyes on as the days pass and maybe baseball gets back to doing baseball things. We're going to be back in a second. We're going to take a quick break. After that, we're going to talk DJ LeMahieu, what the qualifying offer does or doesn't mean, and give you a little hate update on the Red Sox. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. We got a little breaking news for you during the record. How often does this happen? Almost never. Uh, Wake up, Major League Baseball. Uh, We suspected that somebody might take the qualifying offer this year, considering how little money there is to go around. And somebody just did. Marcus Stroman, back to the Mets, $18.9 million one year. Someone said Steve Cohen already getting to work. I would say no. Uh, The qualifying offer was offered by somebody else. Although maybe he just whispered, hey, Stro, you should go grab it. We actually want you to take it. Uh, but this always was the most logical outcome here for a guy that hasn't pitched in like a year. Uh, take an option off the Yankees table. This makes perfect sense. Yep. And I'm fine with it because didn't really want Stroman on the Yankees. Don't think he's a fit uh, for exactly what they need or really a personality fit. So it, it, he's on par with Trevor Bauer in terms of like the guy who just doesn't stop it on social media. And, uh, you know, talks a big game, good pitcher, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I'd take him on my team, but not somebody I, who I'd heavily invest in or necessarily bank on being the number two guy behind Garrett Cole, not enough legwork there to, uh, make me feel comfortable with that kind of a deal. So whatever, anyway, speaking of the qualifying offer, uh, guess who rejected it guys. Uh, that would be DJ LeMahieu, the, uh, two-time silver slugger, uh, winner over the last couple of years. Um, finalist for MVP candidate as well. Uh, He was never accepting this. This was a mere formality for the Yankees to buy themselves some time, approximately 10 days, 
uh, since the end of the season. Every player has up to 10 days to accept or reject it. LeMahieu waited the well, pretty much almost the full amount of time. What was it? Nine days he waited, whatever. Um, you knew he was never accepting it. Now he officially has draft pick compensation attached to him. So in the event another team signs him, which we will flip out if that does happen, the Yankees will get a compensatory pick. What is it? It's right after the first. It's in between the first and second round. So you're looking at the 31 to 38 range. Not bad, but also not DJ LeMahieu. So let's sign him to a deal. Uh, it doesn't really affect the negotiating process here. However, my opinion, this now is a ticking time bomb for the Yankees. They need to get this going, get him under a contract, because now he will be able to listen to other teams' offers after officially rejecting the QO. And I don't think other teams are going to really care, especially ones on the cusp of contention, about giving up that compensatory draft pick if they have to sign him and they can get him under a contract he's going to move the needle for almost any team on the cusp of contention or looking to make that world series run it's a must it's a must do for the yankees and now we don't really know what's going to happen obviously it's good that the mets aren't going after him we talked about this their main uh targets at the moment were obviously stroman with the qo and then they sandy alderson was talking a big game yesterday about trevor bauer and we knew George Springer and JT Real Muto were atop their wish list as well. So that pretty much eliminates them in the LeMahieu sweepstakes. It's not really a fit for them either. I know Cohen said he wants to win a World Series within five years. Best of luck to the man and to the Mets. Don't know if that's going to happen. It's certainly possible. And LeMahieu does fit that window. But the Mets have other needs. LeMahieu's not really one of them. And nonetheless, it does create more of a sense of urgency for the Yankees to get this done because you have rivals out there who could be interested in throwing some money at him and surrendering that draft pick because it doesn't really matter, but come on, Cashman, let's go, baby. What's, what's going on. Bottom line is it's annoying. Uh, I don't think we expected to know anything by now. And certainly we don't now that the qualifying offer has been rejected. Uh, that was an easy decision. Draft pick compensation is going to hurt some people, but those people aren't DJ LeMayhew. Stroman, is a perfect example, as is Kevin Gossman. Um, you know, if you know you're surrendering a draft pick to sign a pitcher who hasn't really who hasn't pitched since 2019, like Stroman, and is coming off some nebulous injury issues, or a pitcher like Gossman who alternates low four ERAs with mid six ERAs, and you never quite know what you're going to get, and you're a little hesitant to commit to a three year deal anyway. And so, you know, if you add in losing a, an end of the first round draft pick to do it, like that sort of takes that that almost takes that off the table like i advocated for the yankees signing gossman at some point or at least exploring it but if he costs a draft pick no way i mean lemayhew's not the same guy he's the most consistent bat on the market and he's going to remain that way he and brantley hitting the market at the same time again is kind of crazy they're basically the same player one's an infielder one's an outfielder uh what do you want similar ages uh and lemayhew also you know let's say even in a dream world he'd accepted the qualifying offer uh, that would just delay this process a year. Uh, you would have to then negotiate with him on a three or four or five year deal one year later into his prime. And when he's already closer uh, to sort of, you know, losing his edge a little bit and normalizing and the bat speed starts to get a little slower. Um, you want to lock LeMahieu down from age 32 to 36, not 33 to 37. Uh, so, you know, even if he'd accepted the offer, all it is is kicking the can down the road and making it a tougher conversation for next year and making the Yankees more likely to lose him after just one additional bonus season. 
so I'm, you know, glad that's over, I guess. But now that, you know, the team can't remain silent for much longer. Uh, you know, they got to be done with this whole air of mystery thing since they made the Zach Britton option decision, uh, you know, Thursday before election day. Uh, we're now at like a week and a half of nothing out of Yankees camp, not even a Brett Gardner decision, you know, not even like that one year, $4 million Brett Gardner deal. We're all anticipating. So it's not like everybody in baseball has been active and the Yankees have been silent, but at the same time, going to start to need a little initiative uh, going forward. Uh, we've, we've laughed off this dead period and now, you know, yeah, round in the corner, getting into December. Uh, you know, it's a three weeks away. Where's uh where's the long-term commitment to DJ. So We'll stay patient, uh, but probably only for another four or five days, and then we start freaking out. Sorry, that's how it works. Um, now, I do feel like let's, uh, let's, let's have a little fun before we sign off today. Um, Alex Cora, uh, who we've assured you would be the Red Sox manager again for probably a month and a half, if not two months, if not you know since the day he was fired or, or mutually parted ways. Uh, what a sad mutual parting of the ways that was. I'm sure they didn't assure each other that they'd be back together again when that day ended. Um, we, we've told you for a long time, Cora would be returning to the Red Sox. He hinted it on his birthday. He tweeted all this trash. The Red Sox flew to meet him in his home instead of the other way around. And wouldn't you know it, the Red Sox officially announced seconds after Pennsylvania flipped for Joe Biden on Friday that Alex Cora would be returning as manager. And he had his introductory press conference this week. And it was embarrassing. So that calls for another edition of The Hate Update. You're now listening to Thomas and Adam blasting the Boston Red Sox. This is The Hate Update. Thomas, Cora is not only back, he's a changed man. He feels so sorry for what he did, and he promised us that he never, ever, ever considered bringing the Astros scheme to Boston because the Boston Red Sox roster was just too dang good. Uh, do you have any thoughts on these definite truths that Cora told the media on uh, Tuesday afternoon? A lot of thoughts. Um, the first is that un not unrelated to that, he uh, they taught they asked him, you know, how he felt about the scandal and his involvement and if it was the right thing to do. And all his response was, it was not the right thing to do. And all I can do really is apologize. That's not an apology. We still haven't had an apology from guys like him or the other overarching figures in this entire cheating scandal. Imagine get yeah, married guys out there. I'm not married, but I'm engaged. Imagine going up to your fiance or your wife saying, Hey, after you did something wrong, Hey, you know what? All I can do right now is apologize. What, what response are you going to get? Maybe a backhand or, you know, your dinner plate in your face. Cause that's not an apology. Nobody would accept that apology. So Alex Cora, once again, not, not apologizing for something that he helped orchestrate to compromise the integrity of an entire sport. Um, and in addition to that, him saying, oh, you know, no one's going to believe me, but, you know, we didn't bring these, we didn't bring these tactics over to Boston. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, you got investigated. Something happened in Boston in 2018 where they were forced to dismiss a video room editor or operator, whatever it was. JT Watkins was the man's name, who was now back with the organization after, you know, these guys served a long, long 60 game ban and they, they took a very, 
they took a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror and realized what they did was wrong. If they, you know, Cora still doesn't have any remorse for anything that he's done. Uh, Jeff Lunau, uh, the former GM of the Astros, who has is still out of baseball despite AJ Hinch and Alex Cora being back fresh after their uh, ban for the year, says that the MLB's punishment of the Red Sox from 2018 stemming from their 108 win season en route to an 11 and three record in the postseason against the Yankees, Astros, and Los Angeles Dodgers, the three best teams in the sport, uh, does not pass quote the sniff test. I don't know what the sniff test is, but I'm all for it. I love when somebody else is finally coming out and talking about something we've been talking about for so long. It doesn't make any sense. Slap of the wrist for the Red Sox, as usual. It always feels like that's the case. And the fact that somebody who has been a central figure in this, who turned a blind eye, apparently, uh, the former Astros GM, saying this says a lot, especially right after, a day after Cora's comments about how he didn't bring these tactics to Boston. He felt like the team didn't need that. What's funny, though, because this team had the exact same roster as they did in uh, 2017 in which they won, uh, what was it, 93 games. So yep. they went up 15 wins, and then this, the next season they went down 24 wins. So the next season they had the same roster. You have to think after all that stuff happened, they kind of laxed. If there was any infractions going on, which we wholeheartedly believe, and you'll never convince us otherwise, never laxed, laxed on these in, illegal infractions that gave them an unfair advantage cost them 24 wins again with the exact same roster sans steve pierce and no uh, ian kinsler steve pierce was back oh my god well, well well he got released in the middle of the he retired in the middle of the season well yeah he hit like 100 yeah. because never forget when they went to the white house and donald trump was like i remember steve pierce hitting 390 in the world series where's steve steve i'm sure you're having a good year this year too and everyone's like yeah he's having a really dog shit year mr president <laughs> like He's actually been terrible. It's like it, it, Steve Pierce is the evidence. He's the evidence. He, he's all the evidence you need. Truth. Uh, Ian Kinsler, who was another trade deadline acquisition that, you know, somehow overperformed and then was gone. Uh, everything else was the same. And this team won 24 fewer games. And I think that says a lot, especially when the, the only difference in change was the manager. John Farrell was dismissed. Alex Cora comes in. All this happens, and then you see the downturn in 2019, which is why I'm fine with him, again, coming back to the Red Sox. See if he could do this again with a worse roster, even less pitching, no bullpen, no Mookie bets. Good luck. Yeah, sad Alex Cora dragging his feet. He, he didn't apologize. He just basically said, the dictionary defines apology as a man being sorry, and then moved on. Um, but he was sadder. I mean, he he definitely said, this is my last chance. If I fail, I'm done. I mean, Cora without the brashness isn't Alex Cora. And Cora without Mookie Betts and a diminished Chris Sale and no rotation and no bullpen also isn't Alex Cora. We saw Cora in 2019 be much worse. I'm sort of excited for Mirage Alex, Red Sox Mirage Alex Cora, uh, like going to sleep on election night and looking at the Pennsylvania votes. It's another red Mirage but this time it's Alex Cora. Um, I will say, glad we rehired the scapegoat, though. JT Watkins, the video man, we have no idea what he did, but he was fired. He was the only person who was fired for the Red Sox scandal, and he's back. He's back in the scouting department. 
at least the Red Sox were nice enough to rehire the guy they fired for no reason or some reason. Uh, but, you know, obviously the mastermind wasn't JT Watkins or else he wouldn't be back. Uh, the Patriots never did that with uh, the deflator text message guys. I don't think the ball boys from deflate gate ever got their jobs back or got some cushy scouting gigs in the wake of that investigation. So at least the Red Sox are taking care of the little guy as they pat Alex Cora on the behind uh, Bill Belichick unprompted yesterday said, speaking of, uh, you know, Boston coaching news, I'm, I'm real glad that we, uh, you know, get, welcome Alex back to the family. Yeah. Welcome Alex back to the family. Now the Red Sox have their own Bill Belichick, uh, a confirmed cheater twice. Everyone knows it, uh, you know, confirmed by major league baseball. This is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, there's no broken cell phone in the trash can. You know, J.D. Martinez didn't break his cell phone with a hammer and destroy <laughs> evidence. But, you know, we we let Bill Belichick be called the greatest coach of all time, despite the fact that he's got high-profile cheating scandals on his ledger twice and, and perhaps more. Uh, the Browns thing from last year, haven't investigated that, still, still waiting on that. Um, but, yeah, now Boston has two. Boston has two guys who we've just decided. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. They cheat. It's fine that they cheat. It's kind of fun that their thing is cheating. It's a little cute. And we've decided that one of them is the best coach of all time. And we'll see where Core's legacy goes. Uh, if 2019 is any indication, it will go further downward before his job is eventually ended. Uh, that is it for the hate update this week and for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm sure the Red Sox will do something else that we absolutely love and have to address in the not-so-distant future, especially with free agency on the horizon. I guess we technically got to keep our eyes open for LeMayhew there because some completely baseless articles keep mentioning it as a possibility. Uh, so stay tuned. Um, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to your podcasts, and drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question, and we will be happy to answer it. As long as it's about video guy JT Watkins, we'll talk about him all day. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Caradante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty more trade scenarios coming for you. Free agency updates, Red Sox hit pieces, whatever you want is going to be there. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us a DM. Reach out. Uh, to the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're here to answer any and all questions, turn any and all of your commentary into content, please, guys. And until then, we'll see you on Pizza Friday. Ooh, see you Pizza Friday, everybody. Goodbye. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.